0: One thumbs up. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She came on to get a thumbs up and then she went away. <laughs> Thank you so much. Okay. So um, today we are talking about the core value of authenticity. And there are Phil's links, but I'm not going to call attention to them, so you're going to have to pick them up Ooh, as I go. We're like next leveling it up as we go along. You've got to like, you know, listen deeper as part of it. So So yeah, so we're talking about authenticity. And I have to confess, I am sort of like an authenticity junkie. I said, you know, like one of the three to four adjectives that describe me, one of them would probably be authenticity or authentic. Um, I like to believe that I am so authentic that I eat, breathe, and sleep authenticity. When we started uh, Kaleo in 2009, it was, like, one of those things I was, like, most excited about, this, like, energizing idea in my mind that I'm starting a church, that um, we would get to, like, craft this authentic uh, response to the calling of God to be the church, whether that be in 2009 or 2021, that we would actually, like, Uh, Whatever year we found ourselves in, we could be true to our calling as the church. Um, And not only that, but as the years have marched on, I found even greater need. people who did not know who they were. So they took it in order to try to earn and find the approval that they were seeking. They took God's name in vain, but instead of approval, the lava monster, Ka was created. And this angry God, this proclaimed from pulpits and news media as Yahweh, the God of the Christians, is just not Tafiti. Do you want to know why I love the movie Moana so much? If you don't already, <laughs> it's because I see my calling in Moana's calling. It's like the spirit of the ocean has chosen me to restore the Heart of God, from the ones who have ripped it from her chest. Not working against Maui, not working against those who have taken it, but working with Maui to restore the heart of this beautiful, life-giving, creative God for the healing and reconciliation of our world. To reveal once again in our time the truth of who God is, and as the church. This very incarnation, the very hands and feet and face that displays either the horrors of Teokah or the beauty of Tefiti for our world. And though I must confess that I am an authenticity junkie, that gift is also a curse. Because the truth is, back when we started Kaleo, there was actually no way that we have known who we were or what we were called to be. Because we started Galileo with these ideas based on these data points, uh, but mainly based on what we thought the church shouldn't be like. We based, on, we based it on these, these no's. We didn't think certain things were true to the gospel proclamation happening at large. And so we started with the negatives. Now, we were kind of like in the terrible twos phase of life, right? My my. Uh, yesterday, we spent the day at my, um, my sister and brother-in-law's house. My niece was turning two. And my niece is wobbling around, babbling, like literally you have no idea what she's saying but she is talking to something she's saying something and uh, she can't say too many words super clear for everyone to understand but she can definitely say the word no and it's like we were like in those first years like you know we didn't have a lot of guesses but we sure had a lot of no's like we're not gonna be like that we're not gonna be like that we're not gonna be like that it takes some time and after year two you know It is an important part of your development. But if you're the parent of a toddler, you know, this can also be kind of annoying, right? Uh, And I will admit, in those first days, we were a little annoying. I mean, us, hello. I mean, we were going to remake everything, right? Like, it's going to be revolutionary, and everyone's Kind of like what Professor Hoskins at Tribeca says about freshman, freshman classes. He says, like, every freshman class that comes in is the greatest freshman class who's ever been. Right? Like, you have this idea and it's like naive and it's pretty egocentric. Is it authentic? to adulthood, where true identity is formed based on everything that has come before. And then there is sometimes even more painfully, more that we must learn in our adulthood. See, authenticity, by definition, is about being true to who you are. But what if you don't know who you are? I would argue that authenticity is actually first about identity. Once we know who we are as a church, then we can talk about authenticity. But then there is a problem. There is a problem because who we are as a church isn't just theology. It is at least about the makeup of us individuals who have come together in this time and this place to form this community. Who is Kaleo? We are. The people. Not the building, obviously. But now individually not just theologically as a person who is a person but also the unique creation that is your person not just the theological question of who is a christian but also the anthropological question of about our identity and our calling, as well as confessing our humility and sins and mistakes and doubts, then we can finally take action. What is that final step into authenticity? It's like, it's like in the building of a person, there's like this pyramid that's like kind of like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? That one layer is primary, and you can't get to the next layer until... got the first layer down. And it's like on the bottom layer, there's like this layer of identity. And on that is built calling. And on that is built confession. And then on fourth is built action. And then finally, at the top, is authenticity. Even after this formation of an identity, God calls us to be reconciled. It is God who has formed us from our us. You need gifts as a part of this body of Christ God is beckoning us into. Seeing those gifts are often, seeing those are gifts are often also our greatest challenges and weaknesses. And so, we hand them over. God, I am yours. God, these gifts are yours. God, these weaknesses are yours. Do with them what you will. Use me As you will. This is the confession of faith. Once we can get over, over over-identifying with our strengths, once we can get over, over over-identifying with our weaknesses, we can finally step into what they truly are: gifts. And in our particular case, the gift of our life to be who we are, the makeup of our calling. We can finally find our footing on the balance beam of authenticity because seeing those gifts with humility and for what they are leads us into action. I love the title of that Brene Brown book, The Gifts of Imperfection, because it really speaks about the vulnerability of being authentic, seeing who we are, confessing the reality of it, that these gifts are some great strengths, and those great strengths are often also gifts of our imperfection, and they are uniquely ours. Thankfully, we do have an authority and a leader on this path to authenticity, because Yahweh, called us, God's people, to be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation, but God did not leave us without God's self as guide. God's incarnation in flesh and blood creates the pathway to authenticity. In Jesus, we have a model and a leader to follow. We can know the most authentic person who ever lived. That is why we are called Christians, or what Christians means, little Christs. As we follow Jesus in becoming who we really are, God's chosen, God's children, God's creation, God's incarnation, Jesus was authentic to an identity and a calling that he knew deep in his bones, because he knew who he was and what he was called to do, he didn't have to do what everyone expected or wanted him to do. He consistently disappointed his family, his disciples, the religious establishment, but he didn't disappoint himself, because he knew who and who he was. That knowledge of his identity led him to do things that he didn't want to do and would rather not have done. Things like facing temptation in the wilderness during 40 days of fasting that the Spirit led him into. 40 days we are now following and mimicking as little Christs in the season of Lent, trusting God as provider, not only in the good times, but also in the hard times as well. Authenticity is not about what you want, thumbs up in the common and socially acceptable, yet apathetic response, you do you. But rather, it is about what you must do to be who you are. Matthew four one through four shares the story. It says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was famished. Some translations, hungry. The tempter came and said to him, If you are the son of His, identity, his authenticity as Christ was challenged by his desire to prevent the cross. He pleaded with his Father to remove it from his path, but submitted to God's will. Authenticity is not about what you want, but rather what you must do to be who you are. Once you know what you must do, the voices of those who disagree with you no longer have the same sway that they once did. Others may take you to be something that you are not, but authenticity's authority and honor is bound up in being, is is bound up in not being who others want you to be but in being the one who you are and who you are called to be. Who you are can elicit criticism and conflict from those who disagree with who you should be. Maybe that is why Jesus says in Matthew chapter 10, do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace. But a sword. For I have come to set man against father, daughter against mother, daughter in law against mother in law. I like how it says that daughter in law, but it doesn't say, you know, son in law against father in law, son something law And one's foes <laughs> against the members of one's household. Whoever loves father and mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take up the cross and follow me, is not worthy of me. And those who find their lives will lose it, and those who lose their lives for my sake will find it. Conflict and criticism. Well, that's all fine and good. But do you remember that story I told you a couple weeks ago, I guess two weeks ago now, about going door to door and the picnic and the neighbors? Well, those events started around 2011. Um, but they were preceded in 2010 by our first annual community free sale. Raise your hand if you around for the free sales. Oh, yeah. Like six of you. Okay. Uh, so the free sale, which was basically a neighborhood yard sale where everything was free and anyone could contribute. So it was like everyone bring out your stuff that you don't want anymore and, uh, you know, we're going to share it. And uh, on the marketing materials, we had this one Bible verse, Matthew 10, 8. Freely you have received, freely give. Now, we talked a lot about adding this Bible verse. It's the only community event we've ever done in the neighborhood that has anything explicitly Christian attached to it. And it was like, it was like we had this there is so much energy went into this. Like, you know, like we did we thought about like how like we don't want anyone who isn't a Christian, who lives in a neighborhood, or who has had a bad experience with the church to be deterred from events because they thought that we were gonna try to like save them or push them into our religion or that it was gonna be like a bait and switch situation, like You've come to get a free clothing, but you're actually getting Jesus. Uh, You know, but ultimately, we decided, we decided to add it. Here it is. Because we finally agreed that, you know, actually, this is why we're doing this, right? We love our neighbors because we're Christians. We're doing this because we're Christians. We're, it would be inauthentic to not reveal that we are Christians. It's like the band switch in the other way, right? Like, oh, yeah. They, like, come, they think it's just a community and they're like, oh, have you noticed that like, all these people, like, know each other and, like, they are Christians? It's like, <laughs> so, not to reveal that we are acting in care because of Christ. why we are a community, and it is why we want you to be a part of it. Authentic Christians are naturally evangelical with differing levels of communication skills. (laughs) So in 2012, we sent out our invitations to the free sale. We went door-to-door, of course, but we also did, did this thing called Every Door Direct Mail, which is where you can give like the post office like a number of streets, and they send a mailer to every every house on those streets. And it's kind of like this targeted way to make sure that we get everyone, no one's left out, right? And in 2012, we sent out those invitations, every door direct mail. And it wasn't long before we got this email received to our Pileo email address. And it read, and I quote, the header, wait, the the subject line is trash. (laughs) Please stop sending junk mail, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. Do you even live in the neighborhood? Your so-called garden, in parentheses, weeds, is a joke and your road signs are an eyesore, exclamation point. Get real and stop forcing your religion. Ugh. <laughs> nice in the heart. Our (laughs) eyesore. This neighbor is not happy with us. I think we have been injured by the inauthenticity of those who have been called the church. Some of us have been. their day, insisting that God cares about every part of their lives. This is the group that Jesus so scathingly confronted on many occasions, saying in one place, this is like one of my favorite verses, that they tied a tip of their mint and rue and spices, but neglect the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faith. And in another place, he critiques them, saying that they clean the outside of the cup, but that the inside of the cup is filled with greed and self-indulgence. The Pharisees in this passage are advocating that there is a priesthood of believers. Well, I can get behind that. And they're taking that theology from Moses back on Sinai, God's covenant with the people on Sinai. I can get behind that. For that reason, they say, they are saying, that all Jews should wash their hands before they eat because priests are required. Stand up in front of our brothers, take off our Egyptian clothing that disguises us and reveals what you intended for harm, God used for good. Becoming real, Joseph was authentic. Authenticity is this secret sauce in orthodoxy that makes a legitimate orthopraxy. It's the right beliefs of orthodoxy driving us to the right action of orthopraxy. And that's our whole thing, Nicolaeo. Of course it matters what we believe, but it doesn't matter if we, what we believe if we don't show up authentically in what we do. For if our actions don't proclaim the good news, there is no good news. You are the face, you're the hands, we are the feet. We are all called into this work, into this ministry, and it is up to all of us if we are to be authentic as a church. I want to close today with a quote from one of my favorite preachers, Barbara Brown Taylor. And she uh, speaking about a woman who may be in the position you're in who hears the call to ministry and here's what she says like many who sit beside her at church she hears the invitation to ministry as an invitation to do more to leave the every member canvas or to cook supper for the homeless or to teach vacation church school or she hears the invitation to ministry as an invitation to be more, to be more generous, to be more loving or more religious. No one has ever introduced her to the idea that her ministry might involve being just who she already is and doing just what she already does with one difference, Namely, that she understand herself to be God's person in and for the world. May you not be burdened by the call to be you, but may you be empowered by God, led by the Spirit your seasons of trial and testing and may you like Jesus know your identity so deep in your bones may you lose your life and may you find it let's pray God it is a strange prayer Who And to wait for you to answer. I pray that we would always remember as individuals and as a church community to pray, Who am I? To you, from whom all